chapter 2. And behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. And the same man was just and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel. And the Holy Ghost was upon him. And it was revealed unto him by the Holy Ghost that he should not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. And he came by the Spirit into the temple, and when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him after the custom of the law, then took he him up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now lettest thou thy servant depart in peace according to thy word. For mine eyes have seen thy salvation, which thou hast prepared before the face of all people. A light to lighten the Gentiles and the glory of thy people Israel. And Joseph and his mother marveled at those things which were spoken of him. And Simeon blessed them and said unto Mary his mother, Behold, this child is set for the fall and rising again of many in Israel, and for a sign which shall be spoken against. Yea, a sword shall pierce through thy own soul also, that the thoughts of many hearts may be revealed. And there was one Anna, a prophetess, the daughter of Phanuel of the tribe of Asher. She was of a great age and had lived with an husband seven years from her virginity. She was a widow of about fourscore and four years, which departed not from the temple, but served God with fastings and prayers night and day. And she coming in that instant gave thanks likewise unto the Lord and spake of him to all them that looked for redemption in Jerusalem. One more portion of the book of Proverbs chapter 13, 12 for our text. Hope deferred maketh the heart sick, but when the desire cometh, it is a tree of life. I want to preach to you this morning continuing our uh, Characters of Christmas sermon series, and this morning we are at the part three, the waiting ones, the waiting ones. Let us pray. Reverend Hill, sir, would you please pray over our message and messenger. Amen, amen. You may be seated. Good to be in church. Glad for everyone here this morning. Amen. Reverend Hill began our sermon series a couple weeks ago, and he was dealing with uh, the great impact, the great impact, and talked about the taverns, the taxes, and the travelers. And then last week we came and continued in into our world, about how Christ came into our world, and we looked at the two fields, and the two families, and the two futures. And tonight, we're, or today, we're continuing our series with the waiting ones. We're going to look at Simeon and Anna, who are both waiting, and we're going to find the, uh, excuse me, the, the what, the where, and the who. Waiting for what, where, and who. In our 
Bible reading, if we could turn this down just a bit, I'd appreciate it. We find two very important people, Simeon and Anna. Now, when I began reading to you, we have already had the birth of Christ, and he is being brought to uh, the temple to do what the law commanded for him to be done, circumcising the offering being made, so on and so forth. And yet we find that while they were coming, there was somebody who had been there for a long time. There's a difference between these two people. One, Simeon, was directed to go that day to the temple by the Holy Spirit. The Bible described him as one waiting for the consolation of Israel. Now this is kind of neat because that word consolation is the same word for comfort. So we could say that Simeon was waiting for the comfort of Israel. And if you dig a little bit deeper and you've been around church for any length of time, you know that the word comforter that we speak of concerning the Holy Ghost, the very word in the Greek is paraclete. And this very word is paraclesis. So comfort is paraclesis. The comforter is the paraclete. And so when Simeon is waiting for the comfort of Israel, he's waiting for the one that would come to their aid. The one that would comfort them. Now comfort stretches longer than the seven letters that we use in English to spell it. It's a word that has a wide meaning. In this time of year, you might reach for the lotion because your hands are dried and you get some of that lotion on and you comfort. Say, man, that feels good. Or maybe your lips are chapped and you put some chapstick on and there is a comfort in putting the chapstick on. But that's the, a small section of the word comfort. We go to the other side, and then we have people who are experiencing the death of a loved one. People who have gotten a diagnosis that's dire from the doctor. And when somebody comes in to offer a shoulder to cry on, or somebody else that will pray with them, they comfort in that sense too. So we're talking about the little uh, irritations of life. And the great heartbreaks of life. We all need a comforter. Amen. And so Simeon is here. The Bible describes him as waiting for the comfort. The consolation. Same word. Comfort of Israel. In our Friday night home group. And if you're not part of a home group. We encourage you to, to come be a part. It's a, a time where we get together. And we usually share some food. And afterwards we'll. Uh, talk about the Bible for about an hour or so. That's what the home groups is about, to talk about the Bible. Amen. And it's interactive. On Tuesday night we have Bible study. It's just a one-way direction. We're teaching you. But on our Friday nights, home groups, uh, we actually sit down and we interact. And we hear questions or people get to contribute. It's always been a blessing to us. And on Friday night, this last night, we talked about getting out of your, your dark place. Because during the holidays, it's a, it's, a, it's a strange contrast, this time, and even think about it when we talk about uh, uh, the light, this time, December 22nd, I believe it is, is the darkest day of the year. And that's when you start gaining daylight again until you get to June, that's the winter solstice, till you get to the summer solstice. And it's a dark time of year, but it's supposed to be the brightest time. And there are people that actually get affected by it, they call it 
seasonal affectation disorder. Because there's not as much light that comes in the wintertime and, and they don't get as much sunshine, it actually brings a gloom to them. And so with the expectation of Christmas and, man, it's going to be perfect and, and my cookies are going to come out great and all the family's going to get together and they're going to love one another instead of getting into an argument or a fist fight. And we're going to have the perfect get together and the decorations are going to be great and then your cat climbs your Christmas tree and knocks it down and Uncle Louie comes by drunk and, and assaults Grandma and all these things happen and the, the cookies are, are burnt and, and the things go wrong and, and you're just frustrated because it didn't come out to the great expectations that you imagined. And so people experience sometimes a great darkness in their spirit around this time of year. And we talked about how do we get out of that? Because we all face these times. One sister, by the way, it's uh, Right around these next couple days, Sister Lori and Sister Schaefer's birthday. Make sure you wish them happy birthday. They're both turning 19 plus a few. Amen. Amen. I'm not going to get in trouble. <laughs> oh, okay. Now you're putting pressure on the other sister to tell her, hey, you don't have to, sis. It's okay. <laughs> But one of, the, one of the, the discussions that came up, sister was sharing, we talked about hope being one of the things that pulls us out of darkness. And that when you have something to look forward to. But yet, our Bible reading, our text, I told you it said, hope deferred maketh the heart sick. But when the desire cometh, it is a tree of life. There's something that you, you get excited about, man, I can't wait until it happens. And then if for whatever reason it's delayed, you don't get your driver's license the day you thought. Or the wedding is pushed back. Or they didn't hire you when you thought you were going to get hired. Or worse yet, you didn't get paid when you thought you were going to get paid. Man, that one's a tough one there. And you were expecting to go out and now I'm finally going to buy a McDonald's. I'm going to be able to splurge. Take, I'm going to treat myself like a king. I'm going to go to White Castle. Amen. I'm a king, the king of my castle. You couldn't wait. But then the money didn't come through. Hope deferred maketh the heart sick. Because it didn't come when you thought it should come. Now think about Israel. They had been waiting for hundreds and hundreds of years. And somewhere along the line, this prophet came by, and, and God, I don't, I mean, you think about the, the, the individuality and the personality and, the, and the, the care that God has for individuals. Somewhere along the line, Simeon came, the Bible said, he, the Holy Ghost was upon him, and God spake to him by the Holy Ghost and said, Simeon, you are not going to die until you see the coming, the consolation, the comfort, the, the Christ of Israel. Now, imagine being Simeon and trying to tell somebody, hey, you know what God told me? I'm not going to die until I see the Messiah. Sure, Simeon. Whenever somebody comes and tells me that God told him something, I'm, I'm just telling you, I immediately have a question mark. Amen? Because you can't trust everybody that says God told him something. They say God told him to play the lottery. No, God didn't because that's against the Bible. Amen? 
God didn't tell you to divorce your husband and marry somebody else's husband. That's against the Bible. Come on now. And so Simeon's walking around saying, hey, God spoke to me and God told me that I'm not going to die until I see the coming, the comfort, the Christ of Israel. Now Simeon knew it was real, but who, I'm not sure that too many folks actually believed him. I don't know. But I can imagine Simeon when he went to church. He's called, I'm saying church, but when he went to synagogue, every time he went, I wonder if he wondered, is today the day? You know, it makes it kind of special when you come to church with that expectation, doesn't it? Man, is today the day God's going to give me the, the answer I need? Is today the day God's going to set me free from whatever it is that I'm trying to be set free from? Is today the day maybe God will send that Mr. Right or Mrs. Right or that sister right or that brother right into the house of God and I'll find the spouse that we can be a, a team together for Jesus for? Is today the day where God is going to get me out of this cloud and this darkness and this discouragement? Is today the day when we come to church with that expectation... There is, a, there is a, a, an excitement about being in the house of God. But what happened when Simeon went time after time after time? Now, there's a difference between Simeon and Anna. They're both waiting. Anna, the Bible tells us, was a prophetess. She waited by serving. And we find her with fastings and prayers night and day in the temple. She wasn't going to miss out. And she was there all the time. Simeon, we, we assume, because he's a man of God, attended regularly. But that particular day, the Bible said he was led by the Spirit. Now, who is the comforter? The Holy Spirit. What is Simeon, who is Simeon waiting for? He's waiting for the comfort, the comforter. To get the comfort, you've got to have the one that offers the comfort, the comforter. Amen? And so, Simeon is led by the Spirit to go into church. I just believe that there's a lot of you in the same boat today. That God, by the Spirit, directed you to come to church. It might have been through a text. It might have been through an invitation. It might have been when you were driving by. But something inside of you said, you know what, I need to be in church. I spoke to somebody the other day. We were so and William and I, uh, we were trolling or uh, going through the schnooks. You know, buy a few things that you need for the, the, the home. But the real purpose for being in there is finding people to invite the church. Amen. As we're going by, hey, I want to invite you to church. Hey, I want to invite you to church. And I invited this lady. I'm not sure if she's here. I haven't, I don't know yet. Can't see everybody. And she said, I really need this. I really need this. I'm going through some things and I won't share all the things. But she said, I really need this. You know, there are people that are going through dark times and we don't even know what's happening. In soul winning, uh, yesterday I shared that they have this, this design that they use. I saw it, it was a, um, a banister like this. They used it, they used it along steps also. They had three panes of glass. One pane, center pane, and then the other pane. And the center pane is made of tempered glass. And once they put the three together, they take a nail and to that center pane and they tap it. And that center pane breaks. And it puts the cracks all through. But the two solid panes hold it all together. And it makes this beautiful design. And it's, it's supposed to be that way. But when I saw them do that, I thought, you know, that's so many, it's like so many people. They've got things holding them together. But on the inside, they're cracked. They're broken. They're sad. They're sorrowful. 
There's things that are, that are wrong, but we don't have clear pains on the outside. We cover it up with personality. We cover it up with clothes and smiles and all those things. But on the inside, there's cracks. And nobody knows. But God sent you here today because he wants to give you comfort. He wants to help you. He loves you. If your picture of God is a God in heaven with lightning bolts ready to strike you dead, there is a God that judges, but there is also a God that loves. You know what the Bible called Jesus? The balm, B-A-L-M, of Gilead. That's like a lotion that soothes the dry areas of your life. Amen? And not just, not just the, the, the big, thank God he does the big things and he takes away our sin. Thank God, I'm not trying to minimize that. But he also, he also helps us in the little irritations of life. Getting along with people that are hard to get along with. Amen. Like yourself. Just being honest. My biggest battle is, is not with any of you, it's with me. And sometimes I just don't like me. I said, preacher, I don't like you either. <laughs> well, there's times that we agree, amen. <laughs> but there's sometimes that I ask myself, man, why didn't I do that? Or why did I do that? Or why can't I do better? Because I, I want to be more for God and I want to do more for God. And sometimes I, I feel like Paul, when I would do good, and I know Paul was talking probably from an unsaved standpoint, but sometimes I feel like those words fit me. Man, I want to do good and I just can't seem to break away sometimes. This old flesh is, is lazy at times and it doesn't want to do right at times. And I've got to discipline it and say, hey, listen here, bub. You got to do right. Get up and pray. Go and read your Bible. Go sowing and call somebody. Simeon was waiting for the consolation. And it's interesting because you'll find several times it said the Holy Ghost was upon him in verse 25. And then verse 26, it was revealed unto him by the Holy Ghost. And then verse 27, he came by the Spirit, same one, Holy Spirit. So he's waiting for the comforter, and the comforter is telling him where to go. Now, we all need that comfort. Some need it as a Christian because they've dried out, and everything irritates them. You know, if everything irritates you, it's probably not everybody else. It's probably you. And you need that balm of Gilead now to loosen up some of those old dried out cracks. Amen? If everything is bothering you, it's probably not everybody else. It's probably you. We all need that comfort. Some of it as Christians and the little irritations of life and others who are facing life-threatening, marriage-threatening, family-threatening situations. Maybe even their body. Things that they're going through that they need God to comfort them. Now, we all need the comfort that comes from the Holy Ghost. We all know what we need. We need comfort. But then we have to find out where we should go to get the comfort. You don't go to the bus stop to catch the plane. And you don't go to the airport to catch the train. Doesn't make sense, does it? And if you want a good meal for lunch today, 
you're probably not going to go to Macy's. Now, they may have a deli in there. I don't know if they have something in there, but usually they sell clothes, right? So it depends on where you're going. If you want a specific thing, you want to get gas for your car, don't go to a place that's selling uh, basketballs for your backyard. You got to go to where the comfort is. That's why the Bible said Simeon was directed by the Holy Ghost, the comforter. Here's where you're going to find the comfort. And he directed him into the temple. That's why we need to gather in the house of God. That's why, not just so that I can receive it, so that I can also give it. Because there's times when God has anointed us and we've got the Spirit of God. David talked about how the oil was poured upon him, that anointing. And so we should come in drenched in the Holy Ghost. And there are others that are dried up. And sometimes our interaction can apply that oil to them and it can be a blessing to them. Haven't you been around somebody that was just like applying that lotion to dried skin? It was just good to be around them. And there are others that you get around them, it's like blowing a hairdryer, drying you out. Amen. Say, man, I got to get away. Is there, let me find some rest somewhere. Amen. Because they're drying me out. If I want to find comfort, I've got to go to where the comfort is being offered. The difference was Simeon was directed by the Holy Spirit. That particular day, Anna was there all the time. And that's probably the best thing. David said, he said, I just want to make my dwelling in the house of the Lord. He said, the, the, uh, the sparrows have made their nest there in your altar. They just wanted to be there. And David said, that's, that's kind of like me, God. I just want to be a doorkeeper in your house. Let me just stay there and I'll open the door for other folks so they can come in. Because that means I'm around the house of God. I'm in the place where I can get the help that I want. You got to understand we're fighting these, these different realms, the spiritual realm and the carnal realm. And I would guarantee there's times when you're doing spiritual things and you think, man, I just want to do more and more spiritual things. But there's times you open yourself up to carnal things and it just drains the spiritual appetite from us. How do you know? So I've done it. Doesn't take long. You're reading your Bible and all of a sudden, you, especially if you're reading it on a device, and you click over because somebody posted something on Facebook and you click it and it takes you into this and it takes you into that. And all of a sudden, all that, that goodness that you were just in in the, in the Holy Spirit is just drained from you. And now you're watching some cat get thrown into a pool and hitting the next video and the next video and the next video. And then afterwards you look and you say, man, I just wasted 45 minutes of my life with junk that doesn't do anything. And I don't feel any spirituality now. If I need comfort, I need to go where the comfort is. I need to wait for the comfort. Wait where? Where the comfort is offered? In the house of God. And waiting for who? I need to wait for the comforter. Here's where we make a mistake. Sometimes we think that the comfort comes from the preacher. Thank God for godly preachers that will give us the truth. But the preacher presents the word. You're the one that's got to eat it. The preacher produces, or hopefully produces, an atmosphere where the oil can flow. But you got to get yourself under the spout. It's not the preacher that is the, the, uh, the one that anoints. It's not the preacher that is the one that applies it to you. It's God. 
And so I am waiting for comfort. What am I waiting for? For comfort. For, that may be forgiveness. That may be grace to deal with things. That may be strength to take another step. That may be joy to get me up out of this cloud and, and this darkness that I'm in. I, I'm waiting for that comfort. Where am I waiting? Where the comfort comes, which is I'm in the house of God. Now, thank God there can be comfort at home. Thank God there can be comfort as we read the word of God. Thank God there can be comfort when you pray. But there is always going to be comfort when we come to the place where the comforter is. And finally, what am I waiting for? I'm waiting for the comforter. He is the paraclete. He is the one that gives the paraclesis, the comfort. He is the one that can give me what I'm looking for. It's interesting that though we're talking about New Testament time, and though we're talking about before the Holy Spirit was poured out in the book of Acts, that over and over again God has given us this little clue. Simeon was filled with the Holy Spirit. He was, the Holy Spirit was upon him. The Holy Spirit led him. The Spirit directed him. Giving us this clue. He's going to get the comfort because he's being led and directed by the comforter. Now if you're here today and you say, preacher, I'm looking for comfort. i got to ask you a question. Do you have a comforter? Now, I just shared with you the importance of coming to where the comforter is in the church. But what about the times when I need comfort and I'm not around church? I need to take the comforter with me. Amen. When I walk out of the house of God, because I don't know about you, my battles aren't all in church. My war is not all in church. Sometimes it's in my living room. Sometimes it's, it's in my bathroom facing that mirror. Sometimes it's when I'm at work. I got some hard people to work with. I got to work with Reverend Hill. Amen. Now I'm teasing. It's good to work with Christians. Amen. Amen. He's a blessing. But it might, my battle may be when I'm driving down the street. It may be when I'm at the supermarket. It may be when I'm at the, 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 the store and, and there's a desire to buy something that I really don't need, thinking that's going to help my problem. It won't. If you don't have the money to buy it, it will just create a bigger problem. Amen. I like what they said back to during Black Friday. They said, everybody's going out and spending all this money. He said, I hope they paid their electric bill or next Friday will be Black Friday too. <laughs> Ain't that the truth? We need rescued from our dark place. But with a place of rescue in the house of God, but wherever the comforter is. The psalmist said, I will look to the hills from whence cometh my help. Now, when you see that verse, you have to ask the question. There's one of two answers. Is he saying, I'm looking to these hills because God is the one that created them and created a, a surrounding and therefore I have help because of God? Or is he saying, I'm looking to these hills. These hills can't help me. From whence comes my help? My help comes from the Lord. Now here's the glorious thing. God said, I will come and I will dwell in you. I will fill you with my spirit. I will put the comforter inside of you. Now, I know whenever I come to work in my drawer, this time of year, I keep a bottle of lotion. 
because it gets dry, and I got dry heat in my uh, office, and every now and then, man, I need to get in there and lotion up because I don't like being irritated and scratchy and itchy. Amen. But if I'm not if I'm not at my office, I don't think I'm, I don't think I have anything in the car. If I'm out somewhere else. Now, what if I, I, in the spiritual realm, if I only depend on coming to church to get that, that anointing, I'm going to be dry a whole bunch of times. Amen? But if that comforter can be with, within me, wherever I go, I can just already have that anointing upon me. I can already have God uh, uh, comforting me from the little irritations of life and the great challenges of life. I don't have to sit around and wait anymore. You see, the Old Testament saints, they did not have the Holy Spirit indwelling them on a permanent basis. The Holy Spirit only rested upon them in a temporary way. But Jesus came and said, I will fill you with the Holy Spirit. I'm going to baptize you in the Holy Ghost. I am going to put the comforter inside of you. And you don't have to wait for that comfort anymore. Get ready, musicians. Just a little bit, we're going to come and find a place of prayer. Just a little bit, we'll come and, and God, if you look to him, he can anoint you with a fresh oil. He can give you a fresh balm of Gilead. But if you're here today, would you bow your heads and close your eyes? You're here today and you say, Pastor, I can't help but relate. I'm in a dark place. Nobody knows. God knows. God loves you. He doesn't want you to stay in that dark place. There is a light. The scripture said, great light came to those who dwelled in darkness. But preacher, I've sinned so much. Sometimes I look at my life and I say, God, can you forgive me again and again and again? He can and he will if you'll come to him. You're here this morning. Just a bit, Reverend Tuig is going to come and lead us in this altar call. Say, preacher. I really need Jesus to help me. I really need God to anoint me. I really need God. I'm in such a dark place. Hey, listen, no matter how dark it is, don't you give up. Don't you quit. Look to God today. Because then when Simeon was there, directed by God into that temple, that's the day that God had Mary and Joseph bring that babe. Jesus came to the temple. Now Simeon was there and Jesus was there, but Simeon had to do one more thing, didn't he? He had to take the baby in. And then he could say, now let thy servant die in peace. Because I've got what you said I would get. You're here today and you say, preacher, I want that comfort. I want that forgiveness. I want that blessing. He's here, but you've got to take him in. You've got to open up your heart, repent of your sin, and say, God, more than I want temporary fleshly pleasure again, God, 
I want what only you can give me. Forgiveness, eternal life. God, more than I want the thing that my flesh craves, I want the comfort that only you can give. God, I've done it over and over again. It's not brought me into the light. It's brought me into a darker, darker place. But Lord, today I'm going to surrender to you and not my flesh. Today I'm going to look to you and ask you, get desperate. Say, Jesus, save me. And if you mean that from the depths of your heart, God will give you a brand new beginning tonight. Reverend Tuig, come.